0: hi everyone thanks for tuning in this is the steve perryman podcast uh, in attendance we've got howard back um as our resident superstar he lost out to a superstar a couple of times over the last sort of month and tom back in the control tower so uh Of course, a lot to talk about this week, so we should get on with it. To start, I just want to talk about the League Cup competition. Um, The problem with when I'm talking is that because I've written a book and it took about between 18 months and two years of talking and then checking and then rechecking, and then the podcast, which has been going for some time, it's a struggle sometimes to remember what I've told you and what I haven't, to distinguish between the book and the podcasts and etc. And of course, not everything is in the book because some certain amount has to be left out. So so I'm gonna tell you a couple of stories today that you may have heard before, but hopefully haven't. And um so Spurs didn't enter the original League Cup, Football League Cup, and it took a number of so-called top clubs to, to decide because it was optional. So they decided when it when it suited them or when it didn't. And the first year that Spurs played in the League Cup under Bill Nicholson, of course, was in 66-67. And they lost 1-0 away at West Ham United. Howard, you've got something to say about that one?
1: For whatever reason, the football league decided that the, the West Ham Spurs they would um, put it out live in certain cinemas, um, and the the, the Odeon Marble Arch was the nearest one to me, and that's where I watched watched the game, which was a very surreal type of arrangement.
0: And they n- n- haven't done it again since. And do you remember Alan Gilzean getting sent off? I don't, I really don't. Okay. well, apparently he did. Mm -hmm. So um, anyway, because Tottenham Hotspur in their successful years won the FA Cup, and I don't need to tell you it was against Chelsea, uh, and therefore qualified for the Cup Winners' Cup the next season, therefore they didn't enter the League Cup in that year, and they waited till the season after before re-entering in 68-69. When they got to the semi-final, nice. actually, and lost to the Arsenal, yeah. So, although Tottenham didn't qualify for the League Cup '67, Steve Perryman did. And the reason for that is Steve Perryman's still at school. The reason for that is that I played for London Schoolboys, and the authority, the league, decided that as a as a curtain raiser we were going to be allowed to play because the cup final was uh, QPR against West Bromwich Albion. We were going to be allowed to, as I say, play in this curtain raiser, London against Birmingham. And as a sort of, we, it's like we had to do a job to, to be able to do that. And we were going to be All the players and the subs were going to be kitted out in um, a kit from one of the teams that entered that year, and we were going to parade around the dog track, and I was chosen to be Carlisle United, so I was given a Carlisle United kit and a banner that said Carlisle United, and we walked around the, the pitch, as if to say, these are the clubs that entered this year, you know, maybe others should. Problem was a lot of rain and um, our game was called off. So we didn't get the chance of playing at Wembley, but we still had to do the trudging round the the pitch. So we all felt a little bit cheated by that. But the fact that, if if you remember, I used to go to QPR one week and Brentford the next. QPR were in the final, third division Brentford. And despite being 2-0 down at half-time, They won 3-2, and it was a magnificent final. Great performance by by them. So it was worthwhile in the end anyway. Um, So I had a letter this week, um, uh, no, a text this week, asking me about numbers that I wore uh, in my time at Tottenham. So when I got into the team, made my debut against Sunderland, On the match programme, Roger Morgan, because they normally give the team from the week before, Roger Morgan was number 11 the week before, home game, and he was the one that was injured for me to get my chance. So I was slotted into number 11 position, therefore I wore number 11, as if I'm a winger, because I certainly wasn't. And then that lasted a few months. And then Jimmy Greaves got sold or swapped and both sold and swapped to West Ham United. Nobody else wanted to wear the number eight shirt. So naive Steve accepted it on the basis that supporters would understand that I was not a replacement for Jimmy Greaves which stood for some time until I got that letter that I do remember telling you all about, where this letter from a supporter said, Steve, do you realize you're wearing Jimmy Greaves' shirt who scored so many goals in so many appearances and you don't even have a shot at goal? Yeah, okay. So perhaps the supporters were not so understanding as I thought they would be. Later on, I went into the back line Uh, played alongside the centre half and then to right back and decided it was more appropriate to wear the number six shirt so I wore the number six shirt for the rest of my career until we turned up at Wembley 1981 against Manchester City the first thing you do when you walk into the changing rooms it's a bit different because it's Wembley it's a national sort of stadium and it's not your home one. It's not an away one. It's nobody's you walk in and you you go to the table and you pick up a program and you see, I suppose you're looking for your name. You're looking for maybe an interview you did or whatever. I think the middle pages had our team down as they were, as they had Manchester city and I'm number five and Ricky is number six. Ah, So First time in my life I ever wore number five shirt. So we decided not to make a change because the the authorities would have to speak over the loudspeaker and say, number five is Ricky Villa and number six is Steve Berryman. So let's just leave it as it is. Well, with Ricky coming off in a bit of a huff and me not playing great either, we decided that was the reason for our poor performance. Not that we're superstitious or anything. And of course, for the replay, we changed back again. We was not going to fall for that one again. And Ricky scored that wonderful goal. So I'm almost responsible for that happening. But, uh, but maybe not. Depends what you think. So, Howard, you're going to talk a little bit more about the 81 final, aren't you? And uh, please give us the wisdom of your words that were so sorely missed last week. <laughs>
1: Well, oh, it's Manchester City, the Caribou Cup, as, as it now is, and it's always been the League Cup final. Sunday, 25th of April at Wembley. and Yes, we've got two tickets for the match. We get to see a live match. This is very exciting. Well and,
0: done, Howard.
1: However, well done, how, Viv. How long is going to take to get through the turnstiles is another matter, because you've got to have
0: your, your
1: confirmation that you're negative.
0: All I can say is Viv not, must know somebody for you to get two tickets. <laughs> I'll ask her
1: there were many matches between us and City in cup ties but head and shoulders above all the rest was a certain cup final at Wembley both teams in their traditional kit and the fact that it went to a replay meant the stadium was full of the two team supporters and created an unbelievable atmosphere and was won by probably the greatest goal ever scored there our fans singing out at full decibel when Steve goes up to lift the FA Cup we were there we were there So I thought I'd write about this match. But all this fell away when the week started with the proposals by a group of top teams to create a new tournament. But by Wednesday, the breakaway teams had got given into pressure by the fans. And as quickly as it started, the new tournament was gone. Meanwhile, back to Monday morning. Spurs sacked Jose Mourinho. There is so much to be discussed. Why had he been sacked? Who would take over? Daniel would like to tell you how proud he is. He heads the table for the most managers, most dismissals, having disposed of more managers than all the other premiership chairman put together. Wow. He's, he's got rid of them in a, in a number of different ways. One, get a manager lined up before sacking the existing manager. He did that with Mourinho and Harry Redknapp. Sacking the existing manager before lining up a new manager, e.g. ABV. Three, Appoint the new manager whilst forgetting to tell the old one that he'd been fired, e.g. Martin Yol. I remember that. Four, appoint the new one, but don't tell him how to get to the ground, e.g. Christian Gross. I remember Number that five, too. Appoint the new man as a caretaker. So, why was Josie sacked this time? The debate will go on, but his star was very much in the antithesis of Spurs history, defensively very strong, but previously with players who had run through walls for him. He did not seem to cre- have created that passion in his players either at United or at Spurs. He seems to have decided to pick on a player. At United, it was Luke Shaw, and at Tottenham, it was Deli Alley. According to the media, he has now earned around £60 million in payoffs. Just from those at Spurs, he could have bought a decent midfielder. It looks, mm. like, it looks like the Bale situation was Levy's choice, not Jose's. We saw on Wednesday, Mason chose Bale. Great goal, all round quality play. And a great lift for Sunday. So he was sacked for poor results, little sign of silverware. We'll go in and win it this year, win it on Sunday. And I, for one, couldn't work out what he was trying to achieve. And who takes over? Amongst most common rumours are Na- Na- Nagel's man, who's 33 years of age, managed at RB Leipzig, and wanted allegedly by a number of teams. In the UK, Brendan Rogers had a great season and could thrive at a bigger club. In the UK, Graham Potter. Worldwide Jürgen Klinsman. Others, I really don't know. Let's discuss it.
0: Well, I've had a couple of texts asking me if I'm in the running, Howard, yeah. Tom, but uh, I said only if it's a limping race.
2: I think you've got, so, a, you've got a commitment to your podcast as well. So that's kind ah, to come first.
0: Good, good words, Tom. Well done. Good,
2: good loyalty. Tom, uh, how do you see it? Um, I still haven't really caught my breath from the last seven days or or, or so in in Spurs. I mean, um, the the, the emotions have gone up and down this week. I think um, I, like most most of the fans I've spoken to, um, was pretty horrified about the the notion of this Super League. Um, Part of me can see, uh, I can can kind of accept the notion of wanting to not get left behind if something's going on like this with, with other big clubs, but yeah it 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 was just always a horrible horrible idea from from a fan's perspective in terms of what we've grown up and and spent our football lives enjoying which is competition and that feeling of being able to get to the top or yeah or at least having a having a chance of being able to progress and 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 just seeing this idea suddenly unfolding was quite distressing the other day yeah. um so I'm glad that that's uh, that's nipped in the bud um and then obviously in the middle of all that we had the um the, the, the sacking of, of Jose, which, um, I, I mean, just re- reflecting on the game on Wednesday, uh, it was the first Spurs game that I've actually enjoyed <laughs> in quite some time. Um, it just felt like we had a, uh, yeah, even though the first half was was quite tough, um, it just felt nice having having Ryan in charge, saying, saying things that resonate with Spurs fans, um, putting a, a sensible team out, I thought. Um what's been really frustrating for me with Jose has been changing the defense every week. Um and it just felt like we just put out our best defenders um the other the other day. Um Toby, yeah, namely Toby. Um just good to see him at the um, at the back because by all accounts he fell out with Jose. We've heard um stories about so many players for either falling out with him or, or or just just not getting on with him and and there's been mixed reports about celebrations from some, a couple of players, maybe not so happy that he'd left, but um, it definitely felt like the way we played on Wednesday, seeing the defenders start at a higher line. Um, we just, it just looked like we were going for it in that second half, which we just, there have been very few second halves this season where we played as attack on such a front foot as we did um, on Wednesday. So one game, you can't say much about, about how, how, how it's going, but yeah, um, in isolation, I very much enjoyed that game and the feeling around it.
0: Do you think Jose ever knew what his best back line was? And you Howard as well? No, I mean, be- it doesn't seem to does he?
2: Based yeah. on the teams based on the teams he was putting out every week, it certainly yeah. didn't seem like it. I mean, you know, as as Robbo has said on, on on numerous occasions, and I think yourself, Steve, you know it was it was you, Chris hutton um Graham Roberts. And uh Maxi Miller. Yeah.
0: yeah.
2: Uh, and, and it was just a solid def- yeah, a solid defence. We you knew what you were gonna get, you, you all knew each other's games and um our defence for most of the season has just looked like no one knows what the other one's doing and I just don't understand why the manager has has, has changed it as often as he has. I can I mean Pochettino used to change the fullbacks quite regularly. Yeah. And I could I could I could understand that because it was a very they were playing a very attacking um energetic role. Yeah. But surely the centre backs, you've just got to have more of a, a unit rather than a, 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 a something that's changing every week.
0: Yeah. There's a case for saying that not many players, if any, actually improved under Jose. Yep. Yeah.
2: There's a when case th- for saying a lot regressed as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. So when you think about the the right back coming from Wolves, um I mean he looked like his confidence was shattered in the mm. end, didn't it? it looked yep. like he 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 thought he was going to make a mistake uh, every time he touched the ball. Um maybe the same with Sanchez. Um, I know some players are prone to make mistakes and of course mistakes are not good for your confidence. But um yeah it was it seemed to sort of go from bad to worse in terms of performances, didn't it?
2: I think I think Matt Doherty is, is 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 a very interesting one on that note because he he came in as what we all thought would be a very solid signing at right back, loads of Premier League experience, always impressed with Wolves, admittedly playing as a right wing back rather than yeah, an actual right back. But as you say, like I think he had a pretty good debut against Everton where he um, he nearly scored. He looked um yeah, he looked he looked comfortable and confident. Um yeah. but as the season went on, he's he's just been you just you just don't you weren't expecting him to to do anything with the ball when he when he got it other than play a safe option back because he was too he just looked too terrified to do anything driving forward or taking any any attacking risks um and i think the arsenal game with him and bale um on the right which obviously didn't work um was was probably the the nadir of that yeah um
0: one of you two mentioned earlier that um that Gareth Bale seems like he wasn't a Jose signing.
1: Yeah.
0: I suppose by the selection problems and the, the lack of consistency in him playing, um, he, if he started a game, he came off either at half-time or just after, didn't he? And as yet, we've not really seen the best of him throughout a game. We've seen flashes of it. And, you know, for instance, the goal the other day, what a goal that was.
2: Lovely mm-hmm. finish.
0: Great finish, so it's still there, and I've heard things about training where the players just cannot believe some of the things he does uh, with it's, the ball, which which is sort of similar to how we used to be with Glenn. You know I used to say to my family, "If you think that's good, what you've just seen, come and watch the training because it's not not twice as good, but just different things I, and
2: I remember going into games. Uh, earlier earlier than I normally would to catch Robbie Keane warming up just to see what he'd be doing with the ball because he was um yeah he, he did he did good stuff during games but yeah yeah in just when he's warming up or training he did some ridiculous things with the ball yeah and um but yeah like like you meant you said that Garrett Bale's not really you know he doesn't kind of do it for a whole game but I don't really think he did very often even back in his in his 2012-2013 uh, season, which was like his highlight. He'd have a lot of games where not a lot would happen for him, and then he'd just out of nowhere ping one in the top corner and win us three points. And, so, and that's so the expectancy changes. Yeah, yeah. Because
0: he's a young player who's not reached the pinnacle yet. All of a sudden, you're judging him by, okay, he's done, he's done something great, but you're not expecting it every week, are you?
2: Yeah. Which exactly. is
0: once he returns. Of course you're expecting it. And I think that had a lot to do with the the our reaction to the Wednesday night game. The expectancy level has come right down, mm-hmm. hasn't it? So as you know, if if Jose's team had played as poorly as the first half team did the other day, we'd be going crazy. Okay, we didn't like it, but we were not going crazy. It's almost like and, and I thought it that the team was playing between messages. They were playing between old and new messages as such. And then all of a sudden, halfway, halfway line of the game, they stepped over it and went into the new world, didn't they? You did, And, and we and were so much more positive.
2: Yeah. And we, we, we mentioned earlier that um, Danny Ying's going off was a, quite a key thing as well that benefited us because he was playing very well and he's a very, yeah. very good player. Um, but, even regardless of that, I think the character and the, the, the just the attacking intent we showed.
0: Howard, really, was, really there, was there ever a time where we it looked like we could sign Danny Ings?
1: I think there was between Liverpool and Burnley when he was in between them, but he had he's got this terrible injury record, hasn't he? Yes. Yeah. I, I guess that's going to push off most potential suitors. So
0: that that warned a lot of people off of him, didn't it? Mm. But he certainly found the place where he can produce the goals, yep. and produce performances, which is great. So, okay, so let's go on to the um, the Super Six, the Super League. Any comments?
1: Um, on the, the, I think the overall situation is that everybody hates it. Yeah. Um, which I, I can understand, and what they should, if they wanted to do, the, the trouble is looking at the history. At every point where a new situation has occurred in the Football League or the FA Cup or whatever it is, the wealthiest clubs want to extract the the extra penny from whatever it's going because they think it comes from them. So, yes. what, but that, so that's the reasoning. And that, that was the same when, when Sky was created, really. Yeah. But they didn't have all the negativity to, attached to it. Yeah. For me personally, and for all fans, to imagine a football tournament with no promotion and relegation is oh, just... Sickening. Couldn't imagine it. What's the point?
0: It's unheard of.
1: So I think they're totally wrong with it, that.
0: Ozzie used to tell me uh, about Argentina, that one particular year, it looked like Boca Juniors were going to get relegated. And the authorities changed the rules. (laughs) (laughs) It just changed the rules. Well, as though, well, that can't happen. So instead of the rules being normal, we're going to say, do you know what? This year, nobody goes down coincidence we we would hate to be part
2: of something like that wouldn't we we would yeah, Although we, yeah. We, we we normally get the reverse don't we like if uh you know chelsea win the champions league and we finish fourth and therefore don't qualify they'll change the rule the next year to uh which yeah. yeah. mean that we could have qualified
0: in yeah. that
2: case but um i think um just on on that note about the super league i think what's been really really nice to see as being the unification of fans groups and fans fans in general and also like just seeing both sides of the um the houses of the yeah, both sides of the house of commons agreeing on something for a change as well um yeah you've got the culture secretary and the shadow culture secretary and um prime minister and leader of the opposition all saying the same thing um which doesn't happen very often which i think sums up the the, the, the feeling uh against it in, in in this country and um i just want to say a big um word under Cat and Martin and the rest of the Tottenham supporters trust as well because um I know they worked really hard this week to uh, um to to form part of the fans' response to 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 what would have been a, a really horrible thing and I know yeah, you know they're still Perez is still saying that it's just on hold and it might come back but um it's just very encouraging to see that as soon as they realise the fans reaction to, to what could happen they've uh, they backed down.
0: It's been a bit of a PR disaster, isn't it, for for all those clubs mentioned. And is it not a reason for us to look more seriously? I know it's been said before, this is not new. More seriously at the German system, because those clubs were not dragged into this, because they it couldn't be dragged into it. And obviously the supporters have got more say in those clubs there. So these things couldn't be voiced even behind closed doors, could they? Yeah. This has obviously been coming for some time. So I don't know if you've forgotten this chat, but our badge is 100 years old, apparently, today. Mm. The famous cockerel is still crowing, and even louder with the news of the super clubs competition disappearing before our eyes. I, I, I when I've got asked to make comments, I sometimes it's difficult. You, I, I decided to let it run for a few days to see, well, Steve, understand what they're saying first. Cause then all of a sudden I understood it was like a midweek league. Wow, where did that come from? What else is happening that I don't know about? So to put it into words, I think if you're a club and you don't respect your past history, how can you possibly expect a bright future? And I'm going to requote Pat Jennings, which I said a few podcasts ago, the great Pat Jennings says, he who drinks the water should always remember those who dug the well. And I think there's, there's, there's some meaning in those two situations. Also, the support and power of the fans grouping together for the love of their club, but also of our great game. Why why has this game been so successful since since the start? Why is it so successful? It's because of the entertainment value. Different styles can win the league, different tactics, of course, different managers, different levels of clubs. You know, you've had Aston Villa in and out in our, my time. Aston Villa winning the league and, and winning the European Cup. Knott's Forest coming from nowhere and winning the European Cup twice. So the worrying thing is not only this, this league new league situation, but I mean, who are the authorities of this new league? Who is going to administer it? Where where were the where were the um the referees coming from? Yeah, was we going to have a new band of super referees come out of the woodwork somewhere? Well, guess what they. The referees we've got are part of the reason why the game is not as entertaining as it used to be, and entertainment. I still return back to the fact entertainment value is the reason why this game has turned. Out so good, so great. I come back to the old the old sayings: um, game management, weak referees, VAR. Now, with this on top, I think the game was at a crucial stage. If this had gone through, I could see people leaving in droves. I really could. I come back to the same point, and we've we've actually discussed it off of the podcast. You know, you, there's a reason to watch your club play because it's your club. Well, what about watching the other football that goes on? So watching the cup final when it's not your club, watching the league cup final when it's not your club. I think we've all lost interest in the game. So so this, this would have been, I mean, of course, for the clubs who were getting all the money, it would have been great if that's the case. And where was that money coming from? Of course, from the from the TV companies who would be outbidding each other. But but um, it would not have done the competitive level. Therefore, the entertainment value. It would have downgraded our great game, and I and that's why um, I'm not uh, too disappointed. Fans have got so much power if they just realised it. Yeah you can tell by the televised games. Now, this great game, our great game of football is nothing. And I mean, zero without the supporters. That's, that's the power that the supporters have got. And then you take the cost of the seats and the season tickets and boxes and buying shirts and all the stuff that goes with it. You have real power, real power. And, you know, of course you want your team to beat the other team but but actually there's times when all you supporters have to get together I'm I'm judging myself now as a supporter because I'm finished with the playing part of it I'm in the limping race not the not the running for the job so so um I think we all have to remember the power of the supporters has been underlined which is great isn't it great and bearing in mind, I was attached to Exeter City for a number of years, sixteen years, that were owned by the supporters because of the mismanagement that went on before. Not that I'm a great supporter of of such supporter ownership, but it's it's right up to a certain level, but it will only get you to a certain level but but um yeah. So, Troops, thank you very much for listening. We, um, we've got a big game coming up Sunday. I think all of our expectancy has dropped in terms of... or Yeah, expectancy of, of getting a result. But do you know what? I think that's a really good way to go into a game. And part of what I remember with this League Cup is, as I explained earlier, QPR... Beaten West Bromwich Albion, yep. third, beaten first, Swindon Town, go on Swindon, beaten Arsenal. Don Rogers, Don Rogers, bless him, and um. And and my experience of the of the two League Cup finals I played in, I think I I've won two, lost one final, and fouled in two semi-finals, so it's been you know fairly fairly good to Steve Perriman's career, the League Cup. But um, you know, first division Spurs against third division Aston Villa. We did not outclass them in any any shape or form. And it, it was nip and tuck and big chiv gets the goals. And of course, it 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 when you look back that far, it looks easy. Well, of course they beat them. Well, it wasn't that easy. And actually the next season we we played um, well. No, the next season we lost in the in the semi final, and then we uh, we played Norwich in the in the, the following year, and again not a great final. Ralph Coates' goal separated the two teams. Were we a lot better than Norwich? No, we weren't. It Wembley can actually level up the the uh, level up the levels, and uh, hopefully that can happen on Sunday. Let's have a good day. Let's be proud of our team and certainly wish Ryan uh, good luck, my son, Ryan Mason. um, Trying to speak like Chaz and Dave there without having a cup final record. And um, we're on our way to Wembley, aren't we? Yeah. we're on our way to Wembley we shall not be moved
2: (laughs) Howard's on his way to Wembley anyway
0: yeah and Viv and I'm sure you can find some music that will remind us all Tom
2: I'll see what I can of our Wembley
0: experience that's coming up this Sunday
2: I'll see what I can uh, pop on at the beginning of the podcast then when I edit it fantastic
0: All right, chaps thanks very much for your help thank you and uh, good luck to us all on Sunday and come on you Spurs